up everybody yes i am back it is the writer's block here on muddied waters media thank you everybody for tuning in it is so good to be back i honestly cannot tell you how excited i am to finally be doing my show again now first and foremost allow me to thank the wonderful people at siestacava.com for the kava that i am drinking on today's episode I apparently forgot to put that overlay in there. Uh, but to the people at siestacava.com, thank you so much. We appreciate all you do for Muddy Waters Media. Uh, and to them, I say, Bula Banaka. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest growing waffle related caucus in the entire world. If you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash store and pick yourself up a Waffle House uh, Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. And we're going to be talking about caucuses later. If you want to be a voting member, all you have to do is buy a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus t-shirt. You can also pick that up at the store on muddiedwatersmedia.com. This episode is also brought to you by Black Organic Coffee. That is B-L-V-C-K Organic Coffee. Uh, you can pick up some of the best, finest organic cold-brewed coffee in the entire world at blvckbrews.com, blackbrews.com, the best coffee out, cold-brewed coffee out there to ever be horrifically misspelled. If you happen to just despise coffee, though, be sure to visit 
muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud and pick up mud water, the coffee alternative that is sweeping the nation. Just sweeping the nation. It is surging through the nation militaristically, as AOC would say. Stuff is amazing. This episode is also brought to you by the Gravy King, who also happens to be here with us tonight, showing up in just a few moments. We also have Nug of Knowledge, smokable CBD, because what kind of libertarian podcast would we be if we were not... If we were not selling smokables, use checkout code SPIKE for 10% off. And as always, this episode is brought to you by the one, the only, Joe Soloski for Pennsylvania governor. He is the key to Pennsylvania success. If you live in the Pennsylvania area of the United States of America, make sure that you vote for Joe Soloski in the upcoming election. Now, this is episode 45. We're going to go with it. 45 of the writer's block. And uh, many of you might be thinking, that's weird. I've never seen you do an episode. And that is true. Uh, I took some time off from this show because Spike and I were both very busy. I was working full time. I was tired and something had to go. Something had to give. And this was what had to go. But now I am back. We are rested. We are ready to go. This show is going to be absolutely incredible. We've got great guests lined up for you for the next, I don't even know how long. And we are ready to give you the high quality content that you all love. Now, without any further ado, I bring to you the laser legend himself, the gravy king, Mr. Matt Hicks. Hey, everybody, and welcome to my intervention. I am a real person, not a figment of your imagination. What is up, my 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 birthday brother? I'm telling you, and you know what's even better? You were just saying this is episode number forty-five. This was my forty-fifth birthday. This is kismet. It's this, karma, man. The this, universe is looking out for us. And yeah, everything everything is coming up, Matt, right now. <laughs> everything we're is ready. coming up, Matt. Yeah. Now, yeah, yeah, ready to take over the world. <laughs> so, um, funny, funny story having absolutely nothing to do with uh, anything we're going to talk about today, but I went to a doctor today for the very first time in a, we can roughly call that a decade. Uh-huh. Good times. And um, I come from a long line of prostate cancer. And... I was talking to the doctor and he says, uh, tell me about your medical history. And I was like, well, you know, my dad had prostate cancer. My grandfather had prostate cancer. I don't know about his dad because we don't know who that is. And he said, oh, okay, um, well, how old are you? And I told him and he said, oh, no, we don't start checking for that until 45. And I went, oh, well, I got some time left before you give me the old two finger shuffle. And uh, he was like, well, that's one way. To, that's one way to put that. <laughs> so, yeah, yeah. Well, so, you know. I was giving you guys some grief a while back about uh, live streaming my colonoscopy. <laughs> Turns out I don't have to have one of those. They did a, a, a what the hell you call it, a CT scan, right? And the doctor's like, ah, you just got diverticulitis. And I'm like, okay, that kind of sucks, but all right, whatever. Yeah, I mean, you can't so have no nuts. colonoscopy, but I do have to start at at, uh, at fifty. At fifty, they're going to start with that one. Yeah, they 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 told. They told me 45 for people who have like a history of it in their family and then 50 for people who don't. So I've, I've got 
many, many years ahead of me before. <laughs> they go fast, my friend. I know. They go very I know. Many, many years before I have yeah. to go. Um, so did you, do any, did you do anything special on your birthday, or did you just kind of hang out at the house and get drunk and get high? Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. That, I mean, yeah, that's the long and the short of it. I can't really there's – not, there's not a whole lot of detail left up in here because uh, pretty much covered it right there. Um, I did learn that, and I've said this before, this weekend just kind of, uh, reinforced it for me. Somebody has to make a sort of like intoxilock or breathalyzer device for, for smartphones because fucking Amazon, when you're drunk and high is a beautiful place. Like they have this whole section of records, like vinyl. Cause that's, you know, my wife and I, that's our jam. We just got a huge vinyl collection. Well, we bought so many records. <laughs> she was just enabling my awful behavior. It was I, great. So years ago, back when I still drank, because uh, I'm like 2004. I'm six and a half years sober. Um, mm. But uh, congratulations! Thank you, I appreciate it. Um, but back when I was still <laughs> drinking, I had I said the same thing because uh, I was a drunk dialer, I was a drunk texter, I was a drunk shopper, I was you know drunk Amazon like. <laughs> I was I was the guy that would drunkenly look at the Facebook ads and say, "Yeah, I need that." <laughs> I don't know what that shit is, but I need I it. I need it. I need it right now. And I would and I would just end up with all of this stuff. And I always said, "Somebody needs to come out with a way that I can't open my phone when I'm too drunk." And somebody actually came out with something that you had to solve math problems. Yeah, I don't know if I could do that sober. Is the right, problem. and that was my issue. I was like, if I did that, I might never open my phone again. Yeah, that, that, see, that's why I'm in law school, because you don't really have to do any math in law school. Like, the, the, the jury figure out liability and, or, like, damages and, and all that. Like, eh, not my problem. That, that's why I went to school for communications. It's because I didn't actually want to go to school for anything. <laughs> right, right. I just wanted to make my parents <laughs> yeah, proud so- and rack up $80,000 in debt. Um, yeah, what, what I've started doing, and, and I'm sure you've seen this in some of the, the, the muddied waters group, not the, you know, the, the, the discussion group, whatever, like I've taken it to, when I'm just tore up listening to records, like live streaming, it's yeah. become my thing. I, I have just going live that. and it's like, I look at it the next day. I'm like, Oh, that's just tragic, but I'm not taking it down. That's up. It's out there. No, you have to, you have to leave it up. Once it's, once it's out there in the world, you, you have to leave it. <laughs> just I'm okay it. with that. Yeah, just own it. Just that's why when people are like, "Oh, I'm deleting tweets," it's like, "Why? You said it. There's screenshots of it. Somebody's got it recorded somewhere." So, yeah, I mean, there's an internet archive. It exists. Right. It's not it, going in. It's out there. It is definitely out there. Um, <laughs> no, that's a terrible segue. I'm not saying that, but let's. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I'm laughing because I know where we're going. Right. So uh, let's jump over to uh, people who really can't take things back. Um, in Min- <laughs> Minnesota, let's talk about Derek Chauvin and the trial that has been happening since Monday? Monday or Tuesday? Um, yeah. The whole thing, man. It, it is a whole thing. And before we get into some of the more nitty gritty of it, what I have realized is that uh, trials are really boring. They are very boring. So the fact that you want to be a lawyer, good on you, because I. Well, so 
I've been nerding out on it, right? Like when I'm not in class, I'm watching it. Right. You got you pulled up on my computer at school, or I, I actually put it on the TV here at home when I get home. And um, you know, I, I, I seriously doubt that I'll be ever involved in any kind of litigation, any kind of trial that's this high visibility, high level. It's just it's not. It's the odds are not in my favor on that one, right? <laughs> Um, technically you have better chance of becoming president yeah. than of that. Cause if you think about it, you've got this trial, which is really high visibility. The last mm-hmm. one that was of this magnitude, OJ Menendez, Casey, 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 Anthony. Anthony. Yeah. I'll give you Casey Anthony. But what was that? Yeah. 10 years ago? Something like that. Yeah. Yeah. So like once a decade, yeah, yeah, I mean, give or take, give or take. So, and, and like, I think, I think this one, um, I, I think this one's, a, it's, it's. So there's like a kind of a scale, right? There's like the big time, and then the even bigger big time, right? And like the Rodney King stuff, the Derek Chauvin trial, those are like the really, really big time. There's, they're not just like dramatic TV, like OJ was or like Casey Anthony was. Those are, those are. Um, dramatic tv with huge potential uh political and social social uh, ramifications and i mean you know this as well as i do like one juror or w- one verdict everything's probably fine another verdict american cities are burning again right i mean i honestly don't know because i see that no matter the verdict, American cities are going to be burning again. I don't think there's a there in no way do all American cities come out without some of them burning down, no matter what happens here. Uh, that's fair. That's yeah, I can see that. I, I think, can absolutely see that being the case. Yeah, I think that you are going to see a lot of issues no matter what it is. And we were talking a little bit before the show, and both of us kind of have it at 50-50. Like I have no idea. I have no idea yeah. what is going to happen. Yeah. So what, what, one thing that's interesting is, um, and again, we were talking about this earlier. Um, the 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 lead defense counsel, that yeah. dude is slick, man. He's good, good. Um, just the way that he's framing everything. I was I was watching as they were. Um, examining and cross-examining uh uh the retired police officer the retired police sergeant uh Pluger. Yeah. and um that was the, that was today the, right yeah yeah, yeah 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 that was yeah in fact he was the last witness before they called it today right. yeah i was wa- um, i was watching the replay of that on my way home <laughs> on my way yeah, home from work not enough hours. No, definitely no. Not when you're um, trying to work full time and do this. Uh, but yeah, that was yeah. But the, the well, the defense attorney kept he kept framing the whole thing. Um, and I mentioned this, I think, when I called into Muddy Waters on Tuesday about how one of their plans was to um, uh, basically blame the crowd that was there for distracting him from doing his job. And the defense attorney was doing a really good job of, of pushing that narrative that, that, um, congratulations, America, 
groups of people with a camera filming the police are now a hostile threat. Are now and they hostile. must be exactly at the expense of other people's lives. Exactly. Now, one of the things, um, like from the first day, the opening arguments that they were giving, um, the the prosecuting attorney who. Uh, I don't remember his name, honestly, off the top of my head. But the prosecuting attorney uh, was saying a lot of things like, "The we're going to show you an autopsy from the person who trained the, per, the person who did the autopsy, and she, mm-hmm. she is going to say that his autopsy was wrong. Right. And, of course, the defense attorney is saying, no, our autopsy's right. It was done by the, the county uh, coroner. And and everything he was saying was, they're going to show you this, but we're going to show you somebody else who's going to say that that person's wrong or that that thing is wrong. And, and all on, so my guess is this comes out as a hung jury because you only need to convince one. Yeah. You only need to convince one he didn't do it or that it wasn't intentional or that it wasn't manslaughter. It was just part of the job or that this is how the Minnesota police train people and it's not his fault. Well, I, I, I think it's, I, I hate to sound overly dramatic saying this, but I honestly think, um, so, so in, in, in trials, whether it's civil or criminal, there's no like trial by ambush doesn't happen. The defense knows everything the prosecution is going right. to say or do. Prosecution knows everything the defense is going to say or do well in advance. Like we're talking weeks to months in advance. In this case, I think that it is absolutely going to come down to closing arguments and who can who who can make the more persuasive impassioned plea to the jury. I really do. I really do think it's going to come down to last minute closing arguments. Who's going to be the better used car salesman, so to speak? And I would agree with that. I would. I would definitely agree with that. Neither one of these guys are like your Johnny Cochran's, who's out there just no. razzle dazzle. Like, let's get him distracted with rhyming about whatever my grocery list. Gloves. Right. Yeah. If the glove don't fit, you must acquit. That's my that's, favorite moment from the '90s, man. That I mean. Even people who have no idea anything about the OJ trial know that line and that OJ got acquitted. Yeah. And that yeah. OJ probably did it. Um, yeah. but, but like that's that's it. Like they don't remember uh Marsha Harden or uh uh <laughs> Yeah, that or or uh, uh the Kardashian dude. Yeah nobody remembers Robert Kardashian daughters. Right. The, the, the reason that we now have to sit through the Kardashians and they are a <laughs> member of our like collective pop culture is because of OJ. Fucking OJ, man. Fucking OJ, man. Fucking OJ. Like, yeah, he may have murdered a couple of people, but he's the reason that I know the names of multiple Kardashians. And for that, I am really mad. Yeah. <laughs> for that alone, he should be in prison. <laughs> He deserves he deserves quite a hefty sentence for that. I think he. Lived, sure I honestly he think he lives around me. I thought he lived in Las Vegas. So I know that he was trying to get uh, permission to move to Florida because his daughter definitely lives here. Mm-hmm. I've met her. 
um, she used to hang out at some of the same kava bars that I used to hang out at. So I've met right. her, and I know that he has been there. So I'm like... Oh, he has permission because that's probably a condition of his release. Right. Yeah. Gotcha. That's condition of his parole is to stay in Las Vegas. Mm -hmm. But I think he might be here now because I know he's been here a lot. Right, right. Now, you, I'm sure you've seen the South Park episode with the Wookiee defense. The Wookiee defense? Yeah, where they, they do a whole spoop, like... Uh, so Chef is suing some record company for uh, copyright infringement because they're like marketing a song that he wrote like 20 years ago or something like that. And uh, the the record company hires a lawyer who's like this Johnny Cochran parody, and he does the Wookiee defense where uh, he goes on some wild tangent about how like the seven foot tall Wookiee lives on the green planet indoor with a bunch of two and a half foot tall Ewoks. It doesn't, it does not make any sense. If the Wookiee is from Endor, you must have quit. <laughs> yeah. 10, 10 can confirm. That's the thing that law school students definitely do. We definitely use the Wookiee defense. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah. I'm not like, I, I was a huge South Park fan uh, when it first came out and I was much younger. And um, then like, I kind of fell off after a while cause it kind of dipped shortly after the George Bush election, um, huh. when they had the uh, class election and the girl named Flora couldn't decide. Cause I thought that, <laughs> that was one of the funniest things. Flora, who are you voting for? So I don't know. And, um, but yeah, I kind of fell off, but I've seen a few episodes here <clears throat> and there recently. And those guys are in top form. Those guys are just killing it. I, they, came, yeah. they came out with that movie, the episode or the movie recently where they were making fun of Q QAnon. Oh yeah. I haven't seen that yet. Uh, oh God. It's so funny. It is so funny. They, their, their group is called the little cuties. <laughs> That's beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah. Yeah. South Park's South Park's one of those shows. That's like, um, I, I watch it because the political, uh, the the political and social commentary is accurate and it's fighting, and I also watch it because sometimes it offends me, and that's the only way I know that I still have a line of personal decency. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, I feel sad that's how I feel about uh, Family Guy. Yeah. I watch an episode of that every now and then. I'm like, ooh. Yeah. That was rough. <laughs> but, uh, I can't, I can't sign off on that. And many of the people watching this show right now have seen some of the stuff I'm willing to say on the air. And <laughs> kids, you ain't seen nothing yet. Oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Nobody on this show is running for national office. Oh God, no, I'm not running for anything ever. I got, I got appointed to the zoning and planning board in my, uh, by my county council uh, a while back and I don't frankly don't even know what they were thinking doing that right <laughs> you guys really done messed up I get asked every year to run for city council of whatever town I happen to be living in or uh, you know city council or county uh, commissioner or mm -hmm. whatever and I'm always like no I don't uh, yeah I'd rather just be the kingmaker I want to be behind the scenes working Right. I, I'm like, I don't, I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that. Um, we have a couple of comments uh, that I wanted to bring up. Uh, Keith Hooker 
says, I kind of feel that juries should require citizens who serve to meet specific criteria. Not meaning for bias, but rather education. Some people just should never serve on a jury. Too many people get away with murder or too many are falsely accused due to idiots on the jury. Now, I don't know your opinion on this, obviously, but my personal opinion is uh, that each, if all of us want to make a difference, better than running for office, better than doing what I do or what Spike does, well, Spike does like so much, so maybe not what he does, but uh, better than like podcasting or, uh, you know, getting into Facebook arguments um, or anything like that is go to jury duty. Because if you go to jury duty and some and you get selected for a jury, let's say it's somebody that's uh, in there for being a sex worker or somebody that's in there on a drug crime or uh, some other not uh, victimless crime, you can vote to acquit. You can say no, not guilty. And yes. if enough people do it, that changes the law. It's called jury nullification. It is the number one thing that any of us can do. So I think that many people should go out there. Yes, I understand that a lot of people are going to go who are uneducated. The joke that, um, I don't remember who said it. They said, the jury is made up of a bunch of people who weren't smart enough to get out of jury duty. We need to change yeah. that where these are the people who are smart enough to get into jury duty because they want to change the system. I want to I want to change the game with this one. You know you can go to your local county courthouse and talk to the clerk of courts and volunteer for jury duty. Like, you can do that. That's a thing. They'll be like, hell yeah, man, come on. Let's do it. <clears throat> but I want to I push back a little bit on what Keith was, was uh, is Keith, right? Keith, yes. Yeah. Keith, I want to push back a little bit on what you, were, what you brought up. So um, the idea behind a jury, it's, it's, it's a beautiful and it's a noble thing. The reason that so many people get acquitted that shouldn't be and so many people get, well, nobody gets acquitted that shouldn't be for the most part. It's pretty rare. Right. But the reason so many people like everybody, everybody will point to OJ. Everybody will be, well, what about OJ? And we're talking about one. Yeah. One. Well, and, 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 and it'll make sense. It'll make sense. Why here in a second, right? Predominantly people are wrongfully convicted. And the reason that that happens is because our prosecutor's offices are wildly overfunded and our public defense offices aren't funded at all. So a county solicitor or prosecutor or a, a state attorney general has almost an unlimited bankroll to hire expert witnesses, forensic evidence analysts, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera, to prosecute the case. A defense attorney from the public defender's office has 70 clients, 15 minutes to spend with each one before a trial. Yep and zero money to, to defend the case. So the obvious outcome is the obvious outcome on that one. I don't think the problem is with the jury system. I think the problem is with the, uh, the, the funding of the prosecutors versus the uh, uh, public defenders. Um, and, and frankly, as far as people being uh, acquitted incorrectly or wrong, wrongfully acquitted rather, um, it's kind of the same argument because most of those well, most of those people are going to be going through public defenders. I, I would defer to Benjamin Franklin, who who you know can't quote it. We'll give you a rough approximation. It's better that 
a hundred men should go, a hundred guilty men should go free than one innocent man should, man should be convicted. Right. I'll take that every day of the week. Yes. I mean, when you start talking about depriving somebody of essential liberty, that's a big, big thing, right? And it shouldn't be taken lightly. Absolutely, absolutely not. And and again, like when when I first got into liberty movement, um, like seriously got into the liberty movement. I've been sober for six and a half years, so seven, eight years ago. Um, oddly enough, becoming a libertarian made me want to quit drinking. Um, made me drink more. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, that was one of the things that I really uh, clung to was jury nullification. Because they uh-huh. were here in Pinellas County. I don't know about other places, but if you get selected for a jury, they will ask you if you know what jury nullification is. Really? They will say, do you know what jury nullification is? And if you say yes, you're out. And I'm not recommending well, I anybody say, lie. I would lie. I would just repeat back. I, I, like, I'm never going to be called for jury duty since. So, I, I, that's not true. I might I might get called for federal jury duty. But, like, being a, well, not yet a lawyer, but soon to be a lawyer in small town, bumfuck Egypt, middle of nowhere, South Carolina, there's no way I'm going to get put on a jury. It's just not going to happen. I'll never even get called for jury duty, but well, maybe federal. But yeah, if they were doing that here, I'd be like, I don't jury nullification. You speak in Portuguese? Never heard of that. Jury nullification. Do you know what jury nullification is? <laughs> Just, do you know? Sounds what, like you're making. Mr. Ray, do you know what jury nullification is? Do you know what jury nullification is? That's what I'm asking you. That's what I'm asking you. <laughs> Just repeat it. Just repeat it back. Yeah. Answer their question with a question. Right. Um, we've got somebody in the comments who says Floyd was an opiate addict that got that way after being prescribed pain meds. The government does not want that to be focused, so they shro- uh, throw Chauvin under the bus and uh, overcharge so that an acquittal causes massive distraction riots that only help Dems in D.C. and BLM coffers. I, okay, so I don't agree with that. Yes, he was a drug addict. 100%. He was a drug addict. Um, for some reason, my lap, my, my iPad just went off the internet. Um, but he was, <laughs> as long as, as long as we're still streaming, that's all I care about. It must go on, brother. Um, but we, uh, yes, he was a drug addict. Yes. He was high that day. Yes. He gave the, uh, the cashier a fake $20 bill. None of those are reasons for him to be dead. Now, People say he had a uh, lethal amount of fentanyl in his system uh, that would have killed a normal man, but he was much larger than a normal man. Uh, So he possibly could have survived all of that. Now, even if Derek Chauvin putting his his knee on his neck for nine minutes didn't kill him, that does not change the fact that the stress of that situation, yes, the drugs had something to do with it, but they knew that he was on drugs. So perhaps they should have attempted a different way to stop him. So we, we, we talked about this before the show. Um, and I guess now's the time for me to get on my, for me to get on my soapbox. Sure. Um, I don't make a habit of talking about this very frequently. So a lot of people don't know this. Um, I'm retired from the military. I spent 20 years in the army in a com- in a combat arms MOS. And um, what I know is that 
killing another human being is not a natural act. It is a very unnatural act and it requires a lot of training to get somebody to overcome that hurdle, that, that barrier that we have of, of, of taking another human life. What I saw in the videos, the, the, the footage filmed by bystanders and the body camera videos, um, in Darren Chauvin, Darren, Derek, Chauvin, whatever, who cares? Derek. Whatever. <laughs> I saw an indifference and a callousness towards human life that I never in 20 years saw in some of the most hardened warriors, hardened trained warriors that you will ever meet in your life. Like, right. like he was just completely indifferent. Did like, did not care, did not care at all. Not one little bit. And he needs to be off the streets. He absolutely 100% does not need to be on the streets because he will kill again out of it, out of disinterest. He had 17 complaints against him before this one. Um, before this one, he was not he was not what people would call a good cop by any stretch of the imagination. Now, uh, yeah. what what I was saying to you before the show, um, there's one person in this entire mess that uh, I feel just absolutely horrible for. I feel worse for him than anybody else, and people might get mad because George Floyd is no longer with us and. He's not the person. Um, but I feel so bad for Chris Martin, the 19-year-old store clerk who was working the counter that day. Yeah. Because all he did, so at, at Cup Foods, they have a policy where if you take counterfeit money, it comes out of your paycheck, which I don't know how legal that is, but that is their store policy. Um and so he went out and he's like, hey, man, uh, according to his testimony, he said, I went out. Uh, I, 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 this is fake. This comes out of my paycheck. Please, please give me 20 bucks. And then uh, George Floyd's buddy, the guy that uh, was there with him, gave him a different fake 20. And he was like, no, I really need I really need real money. And the guy just ripped it up and threw it on the ground. Um, and all of this is coming from Chris Martin. Um and so that was when Chris Martin went in, talked to his manager, and he said, they won't pay me. I think we should call the police. And his manager did. When he was asked about it, how did he feel about everything? He said he felt guilt for calling the police. He said, I should have just eaten the 20 bucks. George Floyd would still be alive if I didn't call 911 or we didn't call 911. The riots would have never happened if we didn't call 911. This is a 19-year-old kid a 19-year-old yeah. kid with his entire life in front of him who feels at some level that he is responsible for the worldwide riots that were connected to George Floyd's death. Yeah, and it's it's sad. Like the, 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 the saddest part to me is that at 19 years old, um, he's learning one of the hardest truths in the world is that nobody has a cracked rearview mirror, right? Like, we all see crystal clear behind us. And, um, yeah, I mean, it's, it, it really is tragic that he has to learn that lesson at this, at this young of an age. And he's going to need years of therapy. I, feel, I truly do feel bad for that kid. Yeah, I, I feel awful for him. And he also mm -hmm. has to live with the name Chris Martin. 
did not do him any favors. No, just people screaming Coldplay at him every chance, every time he walks down the street. In all honesty, compared to what he's probably being called down when he's walking down the street now, I would take Coldplay. Um, yeah. <laughs> well, I don't, you know, I don't know. I think, especially after his testimony on the on the witness stand was public. Um. So we've got this like this, uh, this goddamn weird fucking polarization thing in America, where like there's this loud screaming on the left, and then there's this loud screaming on the right, and it's like ah, just head noise, right? I, I think the truth of it is that the loud screaming on the left and the right is like twenty percent of the population on each side, and then there's this giant sixty percent chunk in the middle actually do have some compassion and empathy. We're just not the really loud voices. Right. Because, I mean, I mean, we can be loud, right? We, we absolutely can be loud, say, but we don't get It's not loud. often that uh, libertarians are referred to as the quiet voices. Yeah. We, we, don't, get, we don't get the airtime on mainstream media because, like, if it's not polarizing and it doesn't bleed, then it doesn't leak. Right. We're just, you know, we're, we're not issue because of that. Not to say polarizing is good. That's just... I'm I'm dishing you up a segue, man. <laughs> you are dishing I'm me up. I'm teeing it up for you. I don't need more from me. <laughs> I am weirdly having internet issues. Hopefully it uh we we make it through. Um it looks like I'm back. All right. So um speaking of polarizing. <laughs> speaking of speaking of polarizing. Let's talk about caucuses. Uh and not let's just, talk about and not like, not just libertarian caucuses, just caucuses in general, um, because all caucuses. Oh no, I'm going to talk about libertarian. I get it, but it it still stands. all of them. It still stands. Everything we're about to say still stands. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So yeah. let's talk about caucuses. The way that I see it. So I'm a huge sports fan. For anybody who doesn't know. Uh, and today was opening day of baseball, and I'm a giant Red Sox fan. Love the Red Sox. And people will often refer to this as my tribalism because I have a Red Sox tattoo. I have more Red Sox paraphernalia around this house than uh, any grown man probably should. Um, Can I interrupt for a second? Yeah. Are you from the Northeast, or was this just like like some random pick? Like when you were a kid, you were like, "I like their logo" or something. No, uh, when when I was really young, so I was born in California, and then when I was really young, uh, we moved to Rhode Island, and the first game I went to was at Fenway. Gotcha. So I've been a fan gotcha. literally my entire life. Um, well, you know, since Please I was, can... yeah. Um, <laughs> Everybody's like, you live in Florida and you grew up in D.C. How are you a Red Sox fan? Um, but people will often refer to this as my tribalism. And yeah, a little bit. Now, when it comes to politics, we are deeply entrenched in tribalism. The people on the left are, you know, the, the Democrats. I'm not even going to say the people on the left. The Democrats, are they are Democrats. And, and everything that the Republicans say is wrong and everything the Libertarians want is wrong. And... The things I do agree with the libertarians on, they're terrible because they're just stealing votes from us. We need to get rid of them. We need to get rid of the Republicans. Republicans are the exact same way. Libertarians aren't better. We are not better. But when you take it down another step and you go to the caucuses within these parties, 
Like if you go to the Democrats, you've got like the progressives and the and the more centrist, which aren't even really centrist <coughs> anymore, and they hate each other and they're fighting and they're de- destroying the party from the inside. And then you've got the the more centrist Republicans and the Trump Republicans, and they're fighting and like destroying it from the inside. And we have all of these caucuses in the Libertarian Party that are doing the exact same thing. Only better. Only better. <laughs> Only better. <clears throat> so I'll, I, I'm going to start with the 50,000 foot view and then we can zoom in as close as you like because I'm game for whatever. I ain't scared. Perfect. Mama Hickston pussies. Um, I abhor a caucus. All of them. Because what do they do? They tell their members what to do. They tell their members how to vote. They tell their members who to like and who to support. A lot of problems with that. First of all, that breeds laziness. I don't vote for, support, or help anybody that I don't personally vet and approve of and agree with on a substantial number of issues. Um, That's a huge problem for me. It breeds this laziness. Second of all, um, it breeds this tribalism that you you brought up. Um, People forget about liberty and start thinking only in terms of how is this going to advance my caucus and uh, whatever the hell it is that we stand for, when frankly, 90% of what you stand for is the same as 90% of what everybody else in the Libertarian Party stands for. Right. Like, I'll give you a little insight into what's going on in South Carolina right now, right? Like, so we've got the whole Mises caucus takeover bullshit, blah, 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 like fucking Ed Hardy shirt axe body spray motherfuckers of the Libertarian Party running their mouths. And I'm like, shut the fuck up and show up at the convention and beat me. I don't care. Like, do it. I want to go home, hang out with my wife and not have to work so much. I'd be cool with all of that. Right. And they're just like, ah, ah, ah. and I'm um, like, yeah, no, <laughs> no love lost with, with any of them. Um, thank God for beer. <laughs> totally forgot where I was going with this. As Ben Franklin once said, beer is proof that God loves us and wants us to be happy. Definitely wants me to be happy. Definitely wants me to be happy. Um, oh, yeah, here's where I was going with it. Like, I, and I've, I've told these the, these people in the Mises caucus that are, like, just trying to shit on my chest and give me, like, the biggest Cleveland steamer ever. I'm like, bro, you don't get it. I'm an anarcho-capitalist. Huge fan of Austrian economics. If you would shut your fucking pie hole and listen to the words I'm saying you would realize that we are like 99% simpatico. Yep. And I hate your caucus because you're just, like I said, the Ed Hardy shirts. I'm like, fuck Ed Hardy. His shirts are garbage and Axe Body Spray stinks. Like, beyond that, you and I, we're, we're like peas in a pod, right? Get rid of that trash. And perhaps you have found an ally who has, as, 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 as many of the candidates who have come on muddied waters with you and Spike can attest, uh, if they would forget their trash, take it out, leave it at the fucking dumpster where it belongs, they would have an ally in me that has a pretty fucking significant bankroll for helping candidates and shit like that. Like, it's kind of my jam. Yeah. Kind of my jam. Like, not not puffing my own chest up, but, like, 
their one of their big claim to fame is like we raised all this money and we gave like two thousand dollars to candidates bitch i gave that <laughs> like come on where's your flex that's not a flex like get out of here yeah my so and i didn't have to have somebody else tell me how to do it like i know how i'm not an idiot my issue, so my issue with the caucuses is you're right. It it makes it where members of the caucus, no matter which caucus it is, are lazy. They will say, okay, who does leadership say we should vote for? But not only that, yeah. instead of doing any real work, instead of doing anything that constitutes as any kind of outreach, they spend 90% of their time arguing with other caucuses in oh. private Facebook groups going back and forth on why their caucus is better and why, you know, like why Mises is better than the audacious caucus or the audacious caucus is better than the radical caucus or why the radical caucus is better than the whatever. The only caucus that matters is the Waffle House caucus. Damn it, I'm glad you went there. (laughs) The only one that matters. MuddiedWatersMedia.com slash store. Pick up your Waffle House caucus gear today. But... um. The, uh, but they spend so much time doing that and it wastes the time of people who are trying to do actual outreach and you see people who are, they're good at the outreach who get wrapped up in these arguments and these bitter fights and it wastes their time instead of being out there teaching people about libertarianism, instead of spreading the word to let people know that, you know what, you're probably more of a libertarian than you realize. Instead, they're sitting here right, you know, typing away or, you know, typing away saying, yeah, but, you know, Mises says whatever and, 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 and it wastes all of their time as well as everybody who's reading it and nobody is getting the work done. Have you ever seen this television show, um, What We Do in the Shadows? Uh, is that the um, vampire one? Yes. Yes. So, caucuses, all of them, are the Colin Robinson of what we do of of, politi- of politics. Colin Robinson is the energy vampire, right? Right. Where like he walks in a room and starts talking, and everybody just passes out because he's fucking draining the energy right up. That's what caucuses are. Yes. All of them. They're Colin freaking Robinson. Yes, that is a that Maybe, is a good way to put it. There, yeah. There have been multiple people who have been in uh, Libertarian Party leadership that over the years, I say that they have stolen my time. Um, I'm not going to name names because none of them are in power anymore. Um, But they have stolen my time because they would say things that I would have to explain when I was out trying to campaign for somebody. And that was a waste of my time. Instead of me trying to sell this candidate who may agree with whatever the chair or the vice chair said. Uh, he just wants to get elected, and he wants to bring freedom to you. But instead, when I go to a door and I'm like, yeah, I'm here for the libertarian candidate, they would say, isn't that the party where the chair or the vice chair said, insert, there's so many different ones I could use there. Um, which I'm... <laughs> Is that the one who said Wow, that? bro, I'm, I'm feeling your pain right now. Right. Totally feeling your pain. And they and they and I and I would call them time stealers. They because they yeah. stole my time. They stole the time of the candidates. They stole the time of anybody involved in that campaign, as well as every campaign across the nation. 
that is what is happening with the caucuses when they sit there and they fight and they argue. You are stuck in this tribalism mentality where your caucus is better than the other caucus and we're going to take over the party or we're going to kick you out of the party or whatever it is. And you're arguing online and you are stealing the time of everybody out there that wants to be a good activist and wants to spread the message of liberty. Yeah, and I'm going to pull back the curtain so everybody can see the man working the levers. They're all shit. There is something tragically flawed and fundamentally wrong with every one of them, whether it's the Libertarian Party, the Democrat Party, the Republican Party, the Green Party, it doesn't matter. There is a tragic flaw, huge tragic flaw in every single caucus that exists. Every one of them. Every single one. I did some work a few years ago for the Republican Liberty Caucus. Mm-hmm. Um, they were paying me, so, you know, whatever, I'll do it. Uh, yeah. you know, I'll, I'll t- take their money and then poorly, but that's just me. <laughs> and the people, that, the people that worked for the caucus are good friends of mine. Um, I don't think any of them are registered Republican anymore, which I find hilarious. Uh, but they, um, good people, all, I consider them all to be my friends. But the way that that caucus was led from the chair down was there was problems and they spent a lot of their time fighting with other caucuses in the liber- or in the Republican Party. And it was mm-hmm. very similar to what you see in the Libertarian Party. Instead of just focusing on getting people elected, getting, you know, they could focus on getting bills passed. They actually did a few. It was amazing. Um, but... <laughs> It was weird as a a libertarian. That was weird to see a win. Um, But they, um, instead of focusing on that, they were focusing on, oh, well, this guy's doing this. And the fighting inside the caucus was even worse because you had people vying for power inside the caucus. And all of it takes away from the message that you are trying to spread, that the message that all of your activists are trying to spread. You need to get... we're, we're about to go mobile here because uh, uh, I'm a little buzzed and I decided I need a cigarette and we don't smoke enough, but we're going on a trip. That's fair. That's why I vape. Um, one, of, one of the things that I think um, gets lost in the conversation, like nobody ever brings this part up, is that uh, we, we should all have a pretty serious... Um, suspicious beat about anybody that seeks power like like that's that's like a non-starter for me as soon as i as soon as i run across somebody that's like i want to be in charge of stuff because being in charge of stuff is really cool i'm like yeah again i'm going to defer back to my uh, back to my uh work history and being retired military i was in charge of a lot of shit for a lot of time and like yeah, I'm automatically suspicious of anybody that seeks power. <laughs> so if you're one of those people that's in a caucus and you're like, we're going to take over, I'm going to be in charge, and blah, 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 automatically I'm like, suspicious. Suspicious. Very uh, suspicious. No or anything that you do because you're not reliable. Right. Meg Jones says she never realized how glorious your hair is. I was told, no. For the first for the first time in my life, hold on, my beer's down low on the bottom shelf, and I'm not okay. Um, so the first time in my life, the other day, I was at school, and uh, it was the first class in the morning. I had washed and conditioned my hair when I showered that morning, 
so I had it kind of tied back in a little bit of a bun until it kind of dried a little because the conditioner, you know, you know, girl, you know what I'm talking about. Right. So, uh, um, <laughs> after my first class was over, my hair was relatively dry. So I fucking took it out and did the Fabio. And one of my friends who was sitting right beside me said, I never realized before you have luscious locks. <laughs> I was like, Katie, that was weird, but thank you. But thank you. So uh, before we go, there was a question in the chat that I'm actually zero prep on this because uh, it was a question. Let's go for chat. it. Fuck it. Andrea O'Donnell, who uh, thank you for all that you do for Muddied Waters Media. Andrea, thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Honestly, um, she wants to know the Matt Pinion, which I like that the Matt Pinion. Uh, That's beautiful. It is on the Kentucky Libertarian Party tweet. I'll give it to you like this. LP Kentucky and LP New Hampshire. I'm going to put them together on this one. I didn't see what New Hampshire did. Oh my God. Jesus Christ. They had a whole like whites only drinking fountain thing going on. It, uh, uh. There is a huge difference in discriminating against people based on a behavior which they can control and modify and discriminating against people based on an immutable characteristic. If you choose not to get vaccinated and you have no legitimate healthcare reason not to get vaccinated, that's a behavior, right? Right? Like, and, and, and I understand there's a lot of skepticism about this whole new MRNA vaccine. I've had my first one, got my second one coming up next week zero issues i'm married to a woman who has a degree in molecular fucking biology and works in a fucking research program for clemson university i kind of know a little bit of shit about this because i asked a lot of questions right this is her jam shit ain't gonna hurt you shit can't change your dna it ain't gonna mess you up it's gonna make you immune to some shit for a little while maybe a long while and even if you do get the shit later it's not gonna be nearly as bad as you would have had it not for nothing if you have a legitimate reason, like an, you're immunocompromised or something like that, and you can't get a vaccine, I can be understanding of that. If you're just an obstructionist who's like, fuck you guys, I'm like, oh, no, because my wife is immunocompromised, and fuck you. Um, beyond that, comparing somebody who is making a choice to be in a category of I'm anti-vaccination versus somebody who's like not making a choice. I'm Jewish or I'm black. We crossed a big line on that one. And when I say we, I say LP Kentucky and LP New Hampshire. There's a lot of ways you can deliver the same message without being insensitive to people who had no choice in being persecuted. Right. And I am not in any way anti-vax. I think many of them are good. Um, I will not get this one. Not yet. Like maybe, maybe down the line after, you know, it's been tested more and. I'm a guinea pig and I'm okay with that. Like I've like, I, I, I felt obligated because I have abused my body so much that like, I'm probably going to die in my (laughs) sixties if I make it that far. So my, I disagree with, I disagree with what they said. I definitely disagree with what they said. There are, as uh, as our good friend uh, Brent DeRitter said, 
there are at least a dozen ways that you could have framed this argument without going to gas chambers. And he was 100% right. Even if on it, I commented, I get to 11 and then all I can think is gas chamber. Like he's right. There, <laughs> there are easily a dozen, uh, dozen yeah. arguments that you can make. Well, that, and that's the thing. Like, I don't disagree with what they were saying. I disagree with how they said it. Right. And my, my, my issue with it is that there's people now in the Libertarian Party who are like, yay, look what Kentucky did because we've got so much attention on Twitter. They're not looking to see that every bit of that attention is negative. Like, it's not, that's not good. Like, that, that's worse than Caitlin Bennett with the shitty pants thing, right? Like, that's, no, not all. I don't care what Jerry Jones says. Not all press is good press. No, it's not. And I did like I disagree with vaccine passports because I don't feel oh, like yeah. I should be giving my personal medical information to anybody who says, "Hey, I need to see this or else you're not going to be allowed to come in here." That Nor should, do I, and I won't. Right. That should not be I mean, it can be allowed. I just won't go to those places. Yeah. Like, I disagree with New York saying we're going to institute this. I disagree with Biden saying that he wants to get this started. I disagree with DeSantis, who's banning it for everybody, saying you cannot do it. I disagree with all of them because if a private business wants to do it, okay, they should be allowed to. I just won't ever go there. Exactly, because my health care is none of their fucking business. Right, because my, exactly, my health care, not their business. Instead, I will, if... Walmart's doing it. I'll go to Target or I'll go to some local store that I can't think of a name of right now. Um, And if Tropicana Field, which is right down the road from me, if Tropicana Field says you need to do this in order to watch this baseball game, I won't go to the baseball game. I'll watch it at home where it's not 100 degrees, where food's not overly expensive. Where I don't have to pay $7 for a beer at at my house. They're already here right they're already they're already there and i can eat like nine to 14 hot dogs for the price of one here so all right kick me out i don't care like i i'm just not going to show you my medical information whether i have it or not totally with you yeah that that whole messaging thing was just and and, and the people who are yeah the people who are doubling down on it are just like it's it's an absurdity their, their argument is just, I, I, I can't even go into it. I, I, I don't even want to discuss, <laughs> with, 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 I don't even want to discuss the issue of people comparing vaccinations to the Holocaust and like the passport to, to fucking segregated drinking fountains. Like, <laughs> that's apples and oranges, man. <laughs> like you had, you had me at vaccination passports are bad. You lost me when you compared them to fucking gold star of david or whites only like uh. right i and i agree uh where is it somebody josh josh umba in the comments says the term anti-vax doesn't fit to me and i agree with that i like i said i'm not anti-vax i'm anti this one um yeah and that's cool i get it people have got a lot of concerns about it because the science is like first of all the science is really complicated second of all it's brand fucking new technology, right? Like it's absolutely brand new technology. Third, um, the vaccine manufacturers have done a dismal job of explaining how it works. Like they have done a horrible job of PR with this one. And I'm not saying like, like the spin machine PR. I just mean like, here's the facts. 
do with it what you will. They've done a terrible job with it. So I get that people have concerns. I don't have those concerns because I'm married to a scientist who fucking does this shit for a living, right? Like, I get it. I know this shit because I have to because she makes me. Right. I get that. I get that. I know. I know more about uh, insurance law in Florida. Oh my god, that's one of the classes I have to take next semester. I'm so oh, ah, it's gonna be awful. Yeah, because super fan Sarah Andreg will talk to me about her day, and she'll be. But they don't understand that in Florida the law is blah 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 blah. And I'm like, mm-hmm. <laughs> I didn't understand that either, I, I, and I, I frankly, I'm just gonna nod. I'm just gonna nod. Yeah. <laughs> I'm so glad she puts up with me. Um, <laughs> well, Matt, thank you for being the first guest, episode 45, the first guest of the Writer's Block. Um, thank you. The Matt-tacular. The Matt-tacular episode of the Writer's Block. Happy belated birthday to you, good sir. Uh, and to you also, friend. Thank you. Um, is there anything that you would like to say in our closing statements to um, the wonderful people here out in Muddyville? Um, all of this talk about messaging and social media and caucuses and all of that has got me wanting to tell all of you this. The best way that you can spread the message of libertarianism is to live your professed values every single day in every single way. Don't tell the people, show the people. That's my that's my parting shot right across the bow. Show them what show you stand for. Don't what you stand for. Be it. Don't talk about it. And I honestly don't think there is any way that I could top that. Um, <laughs> I just want to say thank you everybody for tuning in to the first episode back of the writer's block. I am truly honored to have my brother Matt Hicks here. Um, thank you again, good sir, for showing up. Next week, next week, starting Tuesday, we have a big week for you because on Tuesday at the same muddy time, 8 o'clock Eastern, Spike and I will be doing the muddied waters of freedom. On Wednesday, Spike will be on My Fellow Americans with James M. Ray. James Ray, another Florida boy, will be joining Spike. And I have, who do I have? I have, oh, I have Nicole Schultz, who is running for Lieutenant Governor of Pennsylvania. Um, so I'll be definitely wearing my Joe Solosky stuff. Um, <laughs> I'll definitely wear Joe Solosky next week. Thank you all for tuning in. Tune in next Tuesday. Make sure that you go to anchor.fm slash muddiedwaters. There you can leave us messages that Spike and I will play on Tuesdays. Um, you can also donate money so we can continue to bring you the high-quality content that you have grown to know and love over the years. Uh, thank you all for tuning in. Uh, and you, Oh, yeah, and you can find this and every other episode at muddiedwatersmedia.com. Have yourselves a great weekend. We will see you next week. I am swinging from a seven-story window, throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a stunning the legs I'll go to convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help. Yeah, I am waving while I drive. Don't bother swinging.